We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Good morning. Today is Wednesday, February 14th, Valentine's Day. And I've been off for a couple of weeks. My wife and Rebecca Charles have been guest hosting, so I'm a little rusty. But I'm back today, and I'm glad to be back. My name is Scott Shera. I am Grace's dad. And one of the reasons God allowed Grace's murder was to save others and to wake others up, not the least of which was me. And I have become a full-time advocate, uh, researcher, etc. as a result of Grace's murder. And this program is called Deprogramming with Grace's Dad because that is the single most important thing I've learned about myself since Grace's death, which is how programmed I was and still am. I'm being deprogrammed every single day and will continue to do so for the rest of my life. I see things through the lens of being a Christian and the thing that I have become most shocked of is how lame the church has become. And we'll end up going on a couple of those uh, rabbit trails today, I'm sure, with my guests. But before I bring him on, because it's Valentine's Day, I want to do a couple of different things. First of all, Don, can you bring up the picture I sent you that shows Grace's perspective of love? All right, so I'm going to give you the background of this. Last week, Cindy, my wife, was going through some of Grace's things, and you can imagine Grace had all kinds of things in process. And this was the cover from her uh, spelling grammar class. We homeschooled Grace, but Grace also participated in a homeschool co-op, and this was the cover. And it's, it's real interesting to me to see uh, the intricacy of how she did things, for one, but more importantly, look at what she wrote on both the left hand and right hand side. She wrote, my love goes to Jesus Christ. It's hard for me to grasp, you know, she was 19 when she died. And she had this since, you know, I noticed, I know she was special since she was about five. And she had this. And I think, how did this even happen? And you know, I didn't teach her this. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I don't know that I can love like Grace loved even in my sleep. It's just, uh, it's amazing to me. And she had, you know, the love that we we uh, commemorate, I guess, on Valentine's Day. Uh, she had it all the time, 24-7, and I sure miss her. All right, so now we're going to have a little fun. We have a very serious topic today, but I always like to, I know uh, laughter is good for the soul, and I always like to have a little bit of fun if we can. So most people would be familiar with the idea that there was a Valentine's Day massacre. This happened in Valentine's Day of 1929. But there's a modern day massacre that, you know, we're not going live today. If we're going live, it, this is what I'm going to share next would help many men, but we're not going live. So Don, can you bring up the Valentine's Day massacre? I have it in front of me, so I'm going to read it. It arrives so fresh off the heels of Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's easy to overlook. You've just barely gotten used to writing the New Year on your bank checks. For all practical purposes, it's simply a typical weekday between February 13 and February 15. But this is not a day for practical purposes. This is Valentine's Day, and Sam forgot it. Sam's wife had a card addressed to him, hidden in her top dresser drawer. Her gift to him was under her dresses in the closet. She waited for him to make the first move to end this little dodge of his. 
there he was sitting down to watch television at 7.30 at night as if he might be camped out there until bedtime, as if he'd actually forgotten what day this is. Finally, at 10 p.m., when Sam had stumbled upstairs to brush his teeth, he found his wife sitting bolt upright in bed. Somehow the temperature felt noticeably cooler in that room than in other parts of the house. What's the matter? What did I do? He did a super quick scan of his usual offenses. Everything checked out. Tomorrow morning, she said through clenched teeth, I expect to have a gift in that driveway that goes from zero to 200 in less than six seconds. And it had better be there. With that, she snatched her pillow and blanket and trudged off, presumably to the downstairs sofa, leaving Sam standing there looking very unmanly, totally exposed as a Valentine forgetter. But his pride wasn't about to be threatened so easily. The next morning, his wife found a gift box in the driveway. She tore it open and looked inside. It was a bathroom scale. Sam has been missing ever since. So thank you for that, Don. Hopefully everybody uh, remembered Valentine's Day. I, I did before I left this morning. And <laughs> praise God that my memory was okay with that. All right, today, oh, I got to shut down my, my, just heard it ding, so bear with me a second. All right, I've got that down. All right, my guest today is Jamie Walden. And, to, and Don, can you bring Jamie in, please? Hey, Jamie. Did you remember hey, Scott, Valentine's good to be Day on with you again? Yeah, well, thanks, yeah. Thanks for coming. I did. did I you? can't forget it. It's uh, yeah. It's my son's birth. My son's birthday is Valentine's Day, and uh, me and my wife were engaged on Valentine's Day. So yeah, I can't forget it. Ah, yeah. The trifecta is if her her birthday's on Valentine's Day too, because then you you really you got one gift that covers everything. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Today's the title I have, I have for today's program is Order Within the Chaos. And Jamie is the best guest I could ever imagine to talk about that order. Uh, Jamie was on the program last November. Uh, I have become a regular listener of his work, and it is a real blessing to have him on again today, especially with his busy schedule. I'm going to do just a brief bio for those of you who are not familiar with Jamie. Jamie Walden is an author a Marine Corps infantry sergeant, police officer, firefighter, paramedic specialist, tactical medic, and disaster response specialist turned missionary, pastor, and national speaker. He is a powerful speaker for any audience across a wide variety of subjects affecting the church, from prophetic trends and analysis to renewing our, identify, our identity in Jesus Christ as warriors in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Jamie addresses the topics, the body of Christ, desperately needs to hear. All right, I'm going to just do a quick open, Jamie, and then we're going to have Don play a clip for us to get our conversation started. And I want to be blunt. Satan is the prince of this world. That's what Jesus told us. And there's only one way to escape. The news contains evil and less evil dialectic traps designed to blind us from what's happening. Satan uses blue pills and red pills to accomplish his goal. He does this both exoterically, as an example, Democrat versus Republican, and esoterically through the Antichrist and false prophet systems. Today, I'm going to have Jamie walk through these three situations toward that end, a blue pill, a red pill, and the true survival plan in the chaos we call the world. 
Uh, all right, Jamie, when we get into the discussion regarding the blue and red pills, I want your perspective of Satan deceiving through the eyes of counterfeiting God. All right, so when we get, we're going to get rolling here. I'm going to wind you up by playing, having this first clip. This clip that Don's going to play, Jamie, is from last week. Uh, you may know all the sheriffs in the country went to Washington and were briefed by the FBI director. And this Correct. is Sheriff, yeah. the mm -hmm. Sheriff uh, Richard Jones from Butler County, Ohio. So this is just a two minute clip. I'm going to have Don play that and then I'll have a quick comment and and you can let it rip. By the way, those people who are not used to listening to Jamie, I was thinking about this this morning, Jamie. Most mm -hmm. people, when I listen to them, I listen at 1.5 speed just because you can, right? You get more in, but you, I can't listen to you at 1.5. <laughs> I've, I've actually heard that a couple of times, Scott. <laughs> yeah, I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good problem to have. All right, Don, can you play the opening clip, please? Now, getting to where we've been attacked here in Butler County, you're going to think, well, we've never been attacked. We have. The Russians attacked our system, our electronic system, our computer system. They hacked it. They also are trying to hack just not ours. And they, we were down for two months, just a paper. Hacked our dispatching, hacked everything. Now, was that to help us? No, it wasn't to help us. It was to hurt us and cause chaos. As we speak today, the Russians are still attacking our computer system, just like they're attacking most of yours. But I want the public to know this. The Chinese tried to attack our cyber system here in Butler County, which includes everything that we have, dispatching for police and fire, five times a day. I want to repeat that. Five times a day. The Iranians are attacking our computer system and trying to hack it three times a day. I want to repeat that. Three times a day. Now, are they doing that to help us and be our friends? No, they're not. They're trying to disrupt everything that we do. And this next election coming up, they're trying to do the same. So what we're doing here is we've got rifles in every police vehicle we have. We have what we call a go bag. We have extra magazines. And we're going to start training civilians. We've offered uh, classes to train civilians. And we're going to start training civilians on what to do when disasters hit and emergencies hit. Naturally, we can't train the whole country. We can't train the whole county. We put this up online yesterday. It's full already. We can do like 30 people at a time. We're trying to get it. And the organization that is doing that is um, uh, Texas A&M. They're coming here. The federal government's paying for it. They're going to train 30 civilians on what to do when disasters hit. 30 out of 400,000 people is not much. Okay, so a couple of quick comments I have. This is, I would say, the low-hanging fruit on the blue pill end of things. We're in the blue pill lane right now. And, you know, this is how Satan uses the news media. So to give this guy the benefit of the doubt, I mean, obviously he doesn't see this as a spiritual battle. I don't know where he's at. I mean, if if he is, um, you know, in on this, I don't know. But obviously he is just parroting what the FBI is saying and you know this blue pill lane ultimately leads to agenda 2030 there's so many deceptions in what he just said one of the one of the ones that you might not see is to to get the citizens in on helping uh and you know so 70% of the population i see Jamie they're in this lane and they believe 
this type of thing. So can you talk through your perspective of this lane, the Satan using counterfeit situations to capture people here and how Agenda 2030 fits into this whole situation? Yeah, with regards to that sheriff and the briefing that he received, I mean, it, it's it's suspect to say the least, you know, on the front end of it, obviously on the superficial layer, you want to say, well, praise God, that's awesome. Like they're actually starting to warn people about what's going on. Um, I recently did an in-depth interview with uh, Doug Thornton over at American Vindicta show. And uh, Doug is a, a former Marine Corps infantry as well, too, as well as a, a recently uh, retired D DHS special agent. And he was a team leader, a tactical team leader in, in Portland and Seattle and Ferguson riots and everywhere else around the country. So he's in the know and in tune to this stuff, too. And we did an in-depth interview talking about what's called Operation Nitro Zeus which is a very particular set of uh, uh, cybernetics, cyber warfare, electronic warfare um, types of asymmetric operations that are on the table against countries like Iran and, uh, and Russia and China and, and other proxies that are uh, affecting the petrodollar. But what's unique about that is that we put out the information open source for Stuxnet, which was originally, I believe, called Operation Olympic Games, and they have reverse engineered it and now they can use it against us. So this uh, this threat that they're talking about, um, and by the way, if anybody wants to go hear more in depth about Operation Nitro Zeus, it's on my YouTube channel just under Jamie Walden. But um, it's interesting that at the same time that the uh, government is putting, or the Biden administration is putting forth legislation to ban all training of civilians under the guise of you're a domestic terrorist, Right. I don't know if you've seen that, Scott. They just yeah, released that two weeks ago that they put forward legislation in the House to ban any form of training. If two or more people are together with firearms, they are now felons. Uh, you know, it has to pass through Senate and be ratified, but they are actually felons under the Biden administration. And you can no longer purchase bulk ammo, blah, blah, blah. There's all these different unique things about civilians in the United States of America being allowed to train with firearms. And then Within a week, you have this sheriff coming out saying we are being federally funded by through Texas A&M University to train civilians with firearms for a threat against Iran, Russia and China. And I'm wow. like, what? I mean, this is crazy doublespeak going on here at the same time as we have 10,000, 10,000 Chinese military age fighting men per day, per day being allowed across the border through stand down orders by DHS and Border Patrol. And believe me, the agents down there working the border want nothing to do with it. They're uh, they're in almost a de facto state of mutiny against the executive branch because of what they're being told to stand down with under threat of all these punitive things. And, you know, obviously wow. loss of jobs and pensions and stuff like that. So you have this pre staging of assets all across the United States in every major urban center of fifth column forces, these insurrectionary type of state-based sponsored military age fighting men with heavy weapons being staged all across the United States. Then you have this sheriff coming out saying, which is being allowed, which is being allowed to be conducted by our executive branch. And then you have this, now the Department of Justice, which we all know what they're all about, right? All we got to do is look at J6 and everything else that right. they're, and Epstein and all these other things and how they handle that telling now sheriffs to prepare for a kinetic 
attacks secondary to a cybernetic attack from Iran, Russia, and China, and to train civilian populace. It's like, what the heck is going on? Talk about doublespeak. And so that gets into exactly what you're saying, Scott, is this, this asymmetric form of counterfeit uh, do-gooderism, counterfeit altruism, which is actually a faint maneuver for predictive programming to sow more and more chaos. It's all a lie. All Every right. ounce of it is a lie. It's it's what's called the Cloward and Piven strategy. And I believe you and I may have talked about this last time on your show, but the Cloward and Piven were two, uh, I believe they were Stanford, uh, Stanford professors that kind of coined this psychological term called the Cloward and Piven strategy, where uh, within the framework of this process is they overwhelm your senses and your ability to process information through manifold metadata of nuanced traumatic type information to where you can't rightly uh, disseminate it and connect it all to paint a macro picture. It's called the cloud and pivot strategy. So it's all these, all these nuanced data points that are constantly bombarding you, right? We call it a velocity of data so that you can't connect it. And, and that way they can actually say, we told you what we were going to do, but you didn't listen. So it's actually on you. It's actually a form as you're talking about spiritual warfare, what right. they call in, a, in occultism, esoteric knowledge and the mystery schools, they call it a form of lesser magic for lack of a better word. It's almost as if there is a uh, supernatural framework that they're beholden to by God as as the Lord has pro- has spoken in his word that the Lord can do nothing lest he reveals it to his servants, the prophets first. It's almost as if the powers of darkness are beholden to that same cosmic framework that God has implemented that they can do nothing unless they have revealed it to you first. So what they say is we told you right to your face is what we were going to do. How about the movie Greenland with the asteroid? How about the movie deep impact? How about the movie? Don't look up. How about the impending cybernetic warfare and then a civil war and then a kinetic warfare. There's a movie civil war coming out and then you have leave the world behind, which is about a cyber warfare. Then you just had the movie Kandahar come out with Gerard Butler where he infiltrates an Iranian nuclear facility and detonates it underground through cybernetic warfare. That's Operation Nitro Zeus. And then they're going to retaliate and blah, blah. And they're like, we're telling you to your faces as a part of our obligation in our occultic, esoteric, mystery school, supernatural warfare component. And you don't care. Therefore, we are actually justified to do it to you. That's what they teach at these high level adepts or these initiates, right? 32nd, 33 degree Freemasonry. And there's the OTO and there's the, well, I mean, there's so many of these offshoots of these uh, mystery schools, cabalism. Um, You know, it may shock people to know that the majority of people that they're listening to and trust are cabalist. Cabalist are the hardcore, most arcane Canaanitic based mystery school religion, Canaanitic as in what polluted and perverted Israel as they came into the land of Canaan when they were supposed to dispossess the land of these hybridized things, Genesis 6 stuff going on, right? In the land of Canaan. And then they actually co-mingled with them instead. So even uh, Tucker Carlson's most recent interview with Vladimir Putin, with which all the, you know, right conservative, you know, rah, rah, you know, Americana type people are championing as this amazing bastion of 
freedom of press don't realize that the entire time Tucker Carlson is wearing a red string around his wrist, which is a pronunciation globally of the high adept Kabbalistic nature to which he subscribes. And it's in the video the entire time. Uh, President Trump is a hardcore Kabbalist. He says the number one influence in his life is is a Kabbalistic teacher, right? We know uh, Jared Kushner, who is a very um, uh, as, as viable as an option for an Antichrist type figure, or, or at least somebody who's working in the cabinet of that system that will come onto the scene, is only a Kabbalist. And it goes on and on and on and on and on, right? So uh, it is the, the nature of the supernatural warfare is beyond comprehension so even what's going on with this release of the sheriff's information this does not happen in a vacuum now right. i don't want to be super dismissive and go like crazy you know full insane um uh uh you know hyperbolic or sensational about it and paint everything as some deep you know covert conspiracy theory because there are a lot of good sound constitutional uh, sheriffs out there. And in fact, sheriffs hold the highest degree of law enforcement in the land. In fact, right. sheriffs have, uh, you know, an, an operating jurisdictional authority that goes far beyond any federal law enforcement. If sheriffs, <clears throat> excuse me, if sheriffs know and understand truly their constitutional authority given to them, there is no federal authority that can operate in their jurisdiction unless they allow them to. And yeah. so, yeah, and I want to just are, comment on that quickly, Jamie. Ahead, that's that's spot on, and not just their their juris or their authority in constitutional authority, but they also have biblical authority under the doctrine of the lesser magistrates. So they have they can uh, implement and stop anything that our government tries to throw against us. But I mean, you, we look at what just happened in the last four years. They very few of them did what they were supposed to do. Yeah, they can. But unfortunately for sheriffs is it's an elected position. So whenever you have, you know, a position that's elected and it's not a meritocracy, it's not based on merit. It's not based on uh, prior service, but it's based on campaign funding and lobbying and networking within your uh, particular county seat. Um, you're going to have way more liberal you're going to have liberal leaning sheriffs that are over these major uh, urban populations which right. there's not a there's i don't believe i don't know maybe i'm mistaken this i don't believe there's a singular urban center in the united states of america that is not hardcore liberal like reprobate socialist marxist liberalism and so a lot of times these sheriffs are already given over now i don't know anything about this sheriff given this brief i'm glad that he said something because you know there there is this degree even within the within the nuances of you know how this uh, predictive programming type of information release like this occurs that there will be a small percentage as in one to two percent is all that will hear that and actually take appropriate steps and plan accordingly and they will have an emotional spiritual and physical resilience that's going to stay the course of time which is good so there is good that can come out of it so it's like i don't know if his intentions were super pure and he actually is really trying to equip his people or if there's an ulterior motive but i know that anything coming from the doj any singular thing from the DOJ is one or we can't say 100 percent, 99.7 percent corrupt 
and it's for the abuse and the subjugation of the American populace. That is hands down unequivocal. They are no longer the Department of Justice. They are the Department of Injustice, the Department of Total Lawlessness. There is no restraint of law or judicial processes or appropriate adjudication within the Department of Justice any longer on any way, shape, or form. It is solely a political machine for strong arming, silencing, shutting down, arresting, imprisoning, and who disappearing even people who could possibly usurp or upset the boat of where they're trying to take this nation. So well, yeah, I think that, that's, that's a big deal. I think that's right on. They're also responsible for creating psyops. And you know, as an example, I, I have you watched the Shot Dead uh, documentary yet, Jamie? No, I haven't. Okay, so it's a it's a documentary about um, all the deaths and maiming from the jab, and it's it's well done. But what the problem is, as I watched it, my wife had me watch it with her, and I came out of that, and I instantly said, uh, "They're going to use, they're going to make Pfizer a sacrifice." And the reason, it, you know, so if you just process how they do it. There's an agenda. So the agenda can have these sacrifices to make them look, make make us believe our government is doing something. I watched the same thing happen when I watched um, Sound of Freedom. So I, I watched Sound of Freedom. I think, oh, this is a good movie. But the hook was right at the end. At the end, they have, you know, it's based on a true story. They, they show the man that it was based on is testifying in front of Congress. And then Congress is going to pass laws to stop child trafficking. It's like, oh my gosh, they don't even realize as, you know, as you've exposed many times, this isn't even about child trafficking. It's way deeper than that. And they're all in on it. So yeah, have- it's way deeper than that. And and to that point, Scott is uh, actually the, the, uh, the counter um, child in particular child trafficking organization that I'm part of and affiliated with actually the other family that operates the camp with us here. He's down there right now in the Dominican Republic, getting ready to return from being down there working in that world. And he has personally knows that that the the guy that the son of I don't use his name for you know slander libel sake but uh uh knows him personally he said the whole thing's a total joke the whole thing's a lie that guy's an outright dirtbag he's on the payroll he's a whatever and that movie was put out for a very particular reason we know that they do not allow that kind of information to, to get exposed unless there's a counter movement through a, a psychological warfare that they're seeking to achieve by it and even that is the disarming of people by like you're saying the hook at the end of the thing as if congress is somehow going to combat this are you kidding me every single thing i've been involved in in that world it only leads to dc and hollywood there's only two places it leads every single investigation no matter how low of a level that you begin at works its way up and it always ends in dc and it always ends in uh in uh, on the left coast and, and uh, with the two different elite class. Right. And actually both of the elite class, whether it's in the entertainment music industry, blah, 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 or media, and then the political elite class, uh, they're all working to the same ends and they're all taking marching orders from the same people. So they're taking you somewhere, whether you realize it or not. And that's always, always their hope. I mean, what we just had the reprobate bull on Sunday or whatever that yes, thing is called yes. that people yeah. like to give their time and energy to. And what they don't know and understand is that is the singular largest trafficking day of the year, upwards of 60,000 
men, women, children, girls, little girls and little boys are flown in to whatever city is hosting the reprobate bowl to service the, the men and women coming to the Super Bowl every year. 60,000. And the majority of local law enforcement that seeks to do interdiction in that world are stopped by the DOJ. They are not allowed to prosecute. They're not allowed to go after it because it's a trillion dollar industry. That's why. Enter Epstein Island, enter Ukraine, what's going on in Ukraine, on our Biden laptop. It's all interconnected. It's literally a Clinton Foundation in Haiti with the earthquakes. We all know that they got caught. You know, uh, uh, Clinton's primary aid with um, vans full of children, you know, and usually that's what they, Lahaina, Maui. I mean, we, where'd all the children go? Everybody keeps asking, where all the kids, where'd all the kids go? All these buses came in, they left and never came back. Nobody's ever seen the buses. All the buses are gone, but everything else is burned up, but there's not one school bus and all the children are gone. And magically the children got told to go home that morning when all the parents were at work. And now nobody knows where all the children are at. Oh, I guess they got caught up in the conflagration of this uh, quote unquote wildfire, which had nothing to do with the wildfire. Anybody's dug into that reality. So yeah, Scott, it just keeps going, man. It just keeps going and going and going. And that's why when we're talking about blue pill, red pill, it's like, how do you get people to wake up? This is a question I was asked. And, you know, I recently did a sermon on it a couple of weeks ago about how, how do I get my loved ones to wake up? And, and people can go watch that. You know, I went in depth, like, how do you get them to wake up? Here's my conclusion, Scott, after digging deep into it. You can't. That's the only answer is you can't do it. Why? You can't empirical somebody. You can't objective them. You can't intellect them. You can't academic them. You can't knowledge them. You can't heartstring them. You can't emotional appeal them. You can't do it. Why? Because they are delusional, not ignorant. And it's the distinction I keep making all the time. To be delusional versus being ignorant, it's a completely different thing, right? And, and being in law yeah. enforcement and working on the streets, uh, the way you engage or you encounter somebody who's delusional versus somebody who's just ignorant or or whatever, right? Isn't fully informed about things that are going on around them or even the laws or expectations or cultural and social norms, right? You can educate somebody in that way and you can open their eyes at least to some degree. But somebody who's delusional you're not even operating with a human anymore. They are, it's, it's a level beyond insanity to be delusional because they fabricated a reality around them that will not allow for any objective empirical truth to penetrate it. It is an impenetrable ba barrier, somebody who's delusional, and it is self-fabricated for lack of a better word. They, they have given themselves over to a delusion. But here's what's particular and nuanced about that, Scott, is that, uh, biblically and from a biblical worldview, which I know you and I is the only worldview that we're ever going to operate out of, is the reality is, is that the delusion is actually not from the powers of darkness. The delusion is not from the governments of the world. The delusion is not from the psychological warfare, the mainstream media and the dumbing down and the pharmaceuticals and the blah, 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 right? The SpongeBob SquarePants, man, mind numbing, you know, brain, beta brainwave altering reality all around us. But the delusion is actually sent by God. And that's why you can't penetrate it. Second Thessalonians 2, because they love not the truth, God sends them a strong delusion, right? And it's not that they don't know the truth. It's that they don't love it. They know the truth. Everybody knows the truth. Romans 1, knowing God, 
They neither glorify him nor gave him thanks, but they come darkened by the hardness of the mind, hardness of their hearts. Therefore, he gives them over to do what they ought not do. He gives them over. He sends a strong delusion. He says, I will put confusion in your camp. The curses of Deuteronomy 28. He says, you will become mad with confusion. You will grope in the darkness. It says you will seek truth and you will not find it because you rejected it when it was right in front of you. So now I'm going to give you over to delusion. I'm going to give you over to what your heart actually wants. What does your heart want? See no evil, hear no evil, love the world, the things of the world, feed the flesh, feed the flesh, feed the flesh, feed the flesh, comfort bias, normalcy bias, la, 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 la. who cares? I'm going to get mine. And so he's like, I am just, this is God speaking. I am unbelievably just. And therefore I know the most intimate desires of your heart. And I will, I have promised to satisfy the desire of your heart. So the desire of your heart is you want these things. You can pay me lip service all day long. You can go to church all day long. You can say the right things. Many will say, Lord, Lord, many will say, Lord, Lord. And he says, away from me. I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. I know the desire of your heart. I'll give you over to the desire of your heart. Here you go. Have at it. Go watch the Super Bowl again. Go watch the highest occultic ceremony of every year. The, on the face of the earth, it's not what they did at CERN. It's not what they did at the Gothard Tunnel Base opening. It's not what they've done at the Olympic opening ceremonies, which we've all seen those high-level occultic ceremonies. The right. Super Bowl is the number one most watched event every year on the face of the earth, which is why the halftime show is the number one most high-level energy uh, vamp vampirism energy based thing where they're pulling energy from people highest level occultic ceremony and what what is married with it highest level sex magic ceremonies of the year every year is the super bowl so go ahead keep watching it go watch freaking taylor swift whatever that that you know sold out lucy's name is you know and however they want to use her it's all a, it's all a joke scott i mean it's not a joke it's very serious and it's very weighty and it's eternally serious but it's a joke in that the the reality that people love pleasure so much they will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god they will be lovers of self they will be proud boastful, arrogant, abusive, treacherous, rash, full of conceit, disrespectful to parents. Like he said, they'll always be learning, but never come to an understanding of the truth. They will not tolerate sound doctrine. Um, they will devote themselves to doctrines of demons and they will mock and scoff the coming of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We know what's going down and yet nobody seems to care. So I go, how do you wake them up? How do you red pill them? You can't. They have to choose yeah. to take it out of the hand. It's free. It's freely accessible to everybody. The truth is free. The gospel is free. Forgiveness for sins is free. It wasn't free for Christ, right? And, and uh, eternal security is free. And cleansing and righteousness and holiness is free in Christ Jesus. Blamelessness, joy, and peace. I hope that will not disappoint is free. And the truth is free. And when you know the truth, the truth actually sets you free. And all you have to do is take the red pill. But most people won't. It's just like the gospel. Yeah. What, do you, what do you have to do to be safe, Scott? Believe. Yeah, exactly. Believe. And they go, no, that's too much. Not going to believe it. 
I'll, I'll, I'll take the blue pill and I'll stay in the matrix as long as I can. I want the matrix because I don't want the truth. Therefore, I will be a slave, a slave to a slave master that I don't know and understand the entirety of my life because I will not take the red pill. What I've been uh, differentiating, Jamie, is, you know, the blue pill, obviously you've submitted completely to uh, the government, Satan. The red pill I see as a counterfeit. I'm calling the acceptance of Jesus the white pill. And the reason is I'm, <laughs> okay, I'm, using, like I'm using the red pill as I see the red pill now. The red pill is the counterfeit because the Great Awakening movement is trying to red pill everybody because if we can just share all this evil with the entire population, then we can stand up against all of this evil. You know, and it's the ultimate, I'll just lay this out. I'm going to have Don play a clip, but it, it really is the ultimate esoteric Hegelian dialectic. So in that, what I, in, let me just explain for a minute. So in the Hegelian dialectic, we have problem, reaction, solution. So the problem expose evil so everybody sees it we can't you know if everybody knew what you just got done explaining them and there would be what the reaction would be chaos and chaos is the goal why because then they can prevent or provide the solution the angel of light the false light solution security and comfort so that's why i'm seeing the red pill lane as the counterfeit for the white pill and you know so that with that backdrop i'm going to have don play this clip. Alexandra is the one who put this together. Uh, you may or may not have heard of her, but I'm giving her credit for this because she's the one who woke me up to these secret religions and the new age false light deception. And this clip, just a couple minutes long, it kind of introduces the false light concept. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share um, something from Stop World Control when we come back that I think lays out how the red pill is a counterfeit very well. And then we'll get Jamie's uh, perspective. All right, Don, you can go ahead and roll that second clip. By Lucifer saying anyone can become God, by eating the fruit of the tree to gain enlightenment, it takes away the majesty and power God has, since, according to Lucifer, anyone can do it. The origin of Luciferianism, this veneration of light, and all the world's varied religions can be found through a mischaracterization by the mystery traditions of Genesis 1, 1-3, which states, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God spoke and light was created. Remember this, light is a creation not a creator. The Bible warns of this, the worship of the creation and of the creator in Romans 1.25. The phrase, let there be light, is the basis for all mystery religions and eventually all religions. This photo, titled Optics by A.D. Markin, shows the Eye of Horus of Lucifer, which they call Providence. Above is Hebrew writing which says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Light, a creation, became synonymous with truth and knowledge as opposed to its creator, God. Light became the thing humanity should seek, not God himself. The mysteries center around the veneration of this created light, this esoteric and ultimately false light. Because they are seeking enlightenment not from the true God of scriptures, if they were, these occult groups would not be part of the mystery religion. Just from the very existence of the Brotherhood Network, the light they seek is not God, no matter what exoteric propaganda they spin. 
This so-called light is not the same God as the Creator God. Their light is hidden, occulted. It is a works-based ideology, not a faith-based one. In the entered apprentice initiation of Freemasonry, the initiate is lost in darkness and seeking the light. Blindfolded, the initiate is led through the process of being reborn into the light. In the Entered Apprentice Study Guide, or the very first initiation into the craft, the first question asked is, what do Freemasons seek? The answer is light. Light represents knowledge. Okay, so I'm going to read this, but I want to just again set it up. So we have this evil, less evil. This is the Hegelian dialectic esoterically. And the goal of exposing evil is so the light side, this false light side, can set up the angel of light. The angel of light, I believe, is being set up right now through red pills. And the goal is then Satan can be the one that brings the order out chaos and be the substitute counter. This is from a group called Stop World Control, Jamie. This was, and I'm quoting here. It says, an unprecedented nuclear truth explosion occurred in the United States with worldwide impact, forever changing the face of the earth. There are three men in our world that have an impact on humanity unlike anybody else in history. They have the power to steer a vast portion of the human race in a good or bad direction. I'm talking about Elon Musk, Tucker Carlson, and Joe Rogan. Nobody on the face of the earth has greater influence on mankind than these three combined. Each of them has a worldwide audience of hundreds of millions of people, giving them more power than the mainstream media. All three of these world influencers brought the notorious Alex Jones onto their platforms and turned the eyes of the world onto him. Every single conspiracy theory formulated during the past decades has been proven to be true. This worldwide revealing of unprecedented truth is called the Great Awakening. Mankind is finally beginning to open its eyes to reality, much to the terror of the criminal elites who are desperately trying to prevent the truth from reaching more people. So I've heard you say the word truthers. You know, obviously this fits right into you know that thought process. But I, of course, want to hear your perspective. Yeah, I, I talk a lot about the um, counterfeit awakening that's going on right now. And for the listeners that don't know, Trump is one of the most adept uh, mystery school um, occultic practitioners on the face of the earth. And anybody who's delved in that world, I'm not suggesting that you do that unless the Lord's called you into that. But unless if the Lord's called you into studying that reality, um, there's not a single speech typically that Trump does gives or has ever given that he does not insert very particular occultic language. And by the way, occultic just means hidden, right? Like hidden mystery school language. It's, it's only initiates can be aware of what they're saying and what they're doing and how they're doing it. Blah, blah, blah. From the onset, uh, I always said, people are like, Oh, obviously you're a Trump guy or whatever. I'm like, no, actually I'm a monarchist. Uh, I believe in a king and a kingdom. So I will only ever be a monarchist. And so that's how I operate. And that's the only perspective that I'm, I'm going to live out from. 
But uh, when you look at Bush senior and then Bush and then blah, 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 and even back to Reagan and you you name it all the way back to when we first started getting uh, audio recordings, even from presidents giving speeches, um, every single one of them uses the same history school language in every one. And what it is, it's about these points of lights. It's about it's on the back of every dollar bill, right? The eye of providence, which is Horus, Osiris, Nimrod or Lucifer. Typically, it's referred to as Lucifer who has uncompleted work. The pyramid is yet to be completed with its 33 stones for 33 things of Freemasonry and the 13 tail feathers and the 13 arrows and it's a phoenix and it's not an eagle and it's out of, you know, the new order of the ages and, and uh, you know, and then they use their order out of chaos type language and it's embedded everywhere that this is who they are and this is what they represent. So the deception, the great deception that we're being set up for is exactly what Scott's talking about, is it looks like a red pill for the face of humanity. It is actually part and parcel to the great deception. The deception will look like a controlled demolition of the old order, the old order being the oligarchs, the adrenochrome drinking, pedophilia, child sacrifice, money laundering, wicked nuclear wars starting, you know, uh, national sovereignty competing, dollar rising and falling, corruption on the face of the earth. That's what it will look like. It will look like a controlled demolition of the old world. That's why you're getting these leaks. You're getting these informations. They allow the data dumps to come out. Even what with what happened the last three years, you know, and the things that people are taking in their body, they want it to be exposed. It's a controlled demolition of everybody and everything is corrupt and it's out to get you. By the way, everything is corrupt and it is out to get you. But what they're doing is they're going to do a systematic controlled demolition. And this is, as Scott was saying, part of that Hegelian dialectic. They create the problem, then they manage the reaction, and then they offer you the solution that that they have already pre-sown for you to clamor for. It's problem, reaction, solution. It's called a Hegelian dialectic. It's actually what they operate off of all the time with different, you know, false flag operations or legislation or particular media optics. They know, especially now with uh, threat fusion centers and AI quantum computing algorithms, they know exactly what the uh, cultural and societal fervor is going to be. They know exactly what the outcome is going to be. So they create the problem, uh, manage the reaction, then offer the solution. So the red pill that is going to look like, and it's going to be this rah, rah return to altruism. We'll say for lack of a better word, it's going to look like Hollywood's getting torn down and exposed and the corruption in DC is getting torn down and exposed. And the other wicked rulers, the Zelensky's of the world are getting torn down and exposed in the funny money and funny mini money printing and the fiat currency and the hyperinflationary nature of our central bank, uh, our, our central bank systems and our global banking conglomerates are going to get exposed and torn down. That's why they, they need, they're going to initiate the global financial collapse on purpose to show the corruption. And then guess what they're going to offer you a central bank, digital currency and a universal basic income so that the corruption can never happen again. They're going to have, you know, all these other things say with uh, medical emergencies, Well, it just so happens that now you can have a passport linked to you biometrically actually synced to your very unique uh, genetic coding so nobody can corrupt it. 
See, now you can have a, an assurance of peace and security. Now you can have an assurance of peace and security financially. Then you can have an assurance of peace and security spiritually. That's where all this is going. See, the deception doesn't come with a boot on your neck. Like we think yeah. of historically with right. communism. They know they're not stupid. They adapt. They know that when you push, you get rebels, you get insurrection, you get uh, a galvanizing force within any particular caste or people group that does not want a boot on their neck. So they know you don't put the boot on your neck. You make it look like you're exposing the guy who wants to put the boot on your neck. And all the while you're coming in with a counterfeit, counterfeit, utopic, socialist, restructuring of the order of things. This is where they get their order at KO, order out of chaos. Or what's on the talisman of every dollar bill in your pocket is the phoenix arising out of the ashes of an immolation of the face of the earth and then out of it, new birth. So a great awakening, a new birth, a, a convergence of a thousand points of lights. It's uh, the Aquarian age. Trump is always talking about the age of Aquarius. He, There's not a single, I can't say not a single. I mean, that's too broad of a statement, but there's almost not a single public address that he's not using Aquarian age based occultic language in his thing. People just don't care. So you're right, Scott, the red pill will look like a restructuring of they're going to this is this gets in the immigration crisis. They are fomenting, the which is not a it's not an immigrate. This is a militaristic invasion. So they're going to use that to restructure borders or to tear down or all borders. They're going to use national sovereignty and say national sovereignty is the reason why we have friction. Look at Russia and Ukraine and China and Taiwan and North Korea and South Korea and what's going on even in Algeria or Guyana right now with uh, Brazil and Venezuela. Like they're going to say it's because of borders and it's because of this and it's because of that. So we restructure it all and now we collectivize everything. Enter your social justice woke warriors right we collectivize everything we restructure the economy we restructure uh, uh um uh the financial disparities socioeconomic disparities so then you relieve that tension then we create a new super religion a global super religion because you have muslims and and christians and jews and then and then most people don't understand even the persecution that goes on in india and elsewhere and you have the shintoism and you have the all these other competing and they are slaughtering each other. Our media ju just doesn't report on it. It's just not just Muslims against everybody else on the world. All kinds of these peace loving Nirvana based new agey occultic sects are slaughtering each other. And none of these Kundalini yoga, yoga pant wearing, you know, freak shows care to even address that because they they think somehow they're above that as they're doing their kundalini yoga and i'm like the dudes in india practicing kundalini yoga are slaughtering the muslims and the muslims are slaughtering the yogis but but the uh, but i'm sure that you're all about peace right it's all about peace as you uh go brick an old white guy in the back of his head because he doesn't support blm and then you go do your transcendental meditation at yoga the next day and talk about how peaceful you are right i digress so no you digressed well. It's uh, <laughs> it's all interconnected, it's, right, Scott? It's all interconnected. It is. <laughs> so, you know, I said at the beginning, the climax today, we got to get to because it's the most important. So 
I'm just introduced this topic by saying uh, what we're going to talk about next is how do we have order within the chaos? How do we stop chasing security and comfort and receive joy and peace in exchange? And I'm going to have Don play a quick clip uh, as an introduction. Zach Poonen, who is a pastor who I've listened to for years, I enjoy his message. Um, I'm going to have him play a couple minute clip and then I'll make a statement about the joy and peace that Grace uh, had, my daughter Grace had, with a very specific example. And then Jamie, uh, I, I want you to let her rip with how we get order within the chaos. All right, go ahead, Don, you can play the last clip. He wants your spirit to be connected to him. That's why I never allow people to be connected to me. Whenever I find people leaning too much on me, I push them away and I don't let them come too near me. They sometimes misunderstand that. But the reason is because I want them to lean upon God and trust Him. I don't want them to lean upon me because that won't help them in their time of trouble. So you must take what you hear from me and take it before God and say, Lord, this is secondhand. I mean, I trust Brother Zach. It's the truth. He's shown me the scripture. But it's secondhand. It's still my mind. I wanted to sink it to my heart so that it's like seed that has taken root. And gradually, fruit takes time. It'll come. And then what will happen is, in the time of testing, you will know whether it is sunk into your heart or not. You don't know right now. You think you've understood in your heart. I'll tell you, you get a test this week or next month and you'll know pretty quickly whether what you heard was faith in your heart or just some knowledge in your head. And when you find in a time of trial you're shaking and full of worry and anxiety and fear and grumbling and complaining and questioning God, you know all that you heard for 20 years in CFC never went into your heart. Thank God for such a trial. That trial was a mark of love for you, God's love for you to show you before you reach the judgment seat of Christ. Get yourself on a right foundation. That's why God shakes things. I mean, if I'm building a building and the foundation is not strong, I'd rather know it before I get to the ground floor building. As soon as it's the foundation construction level, let the storm and the flood and all come then so that I know whether it's strong. I don't want to get the storm and the flood after I reach the third floor construction. And that's why now God shakes you through different trials. So what I want to share happened on October 10th of 2018. And yeah, I remember this day extremely well. Uh, Grace and I were riding in my truck together, and uh, the day before my son, our son, my, my wife and my son committed suicide, October 9th of 2018, and Grace and I were driving in the truck. And I was explaining that. I said to Grace, you know, God's got this, right, Grace, regarding Travis's suicide and yeah, I was, I was trying to comfort her. Uh, I didn't know that God's got it. And she said right back, she said, I know, Dad. 
the thing is, is she really did know and you know going from our head to our heart is um you know jamie i heard you do a sermon that you started with being undone by the gospel and uh that's I, I thought that was fantastic so anyway i want you to just go with however you see fit relative to how do we get to this point of uh joy and peace yeah i mean joy and peace i actually uh i don't know if you saw it or not scott but i, I just did. posted this sermon yesterday uh or two days ago and and talked specifically about uh joy and peace now in the now and today and um you know the only way to to be able to really walk in that is when you are completely entrusted to the sovereignty of god and see, it's he is the repudiation of everything that these these uh, wicked men, lawless men, seek to do in this world. He's even the repudiation of what our own flesh seeks to do in this world. And we try to try to create order out of chaos. So we look at the chaotic situations, the perplexity, the confusion, the woundings, the the deep traumas, the the questions why, the hopes deferred that make our hearts sick when our, our hope is deferred. And so we try to rationalize it and apply some kind of uh, a self-created alchemical healing balm to our wounds and try to make justifications by trying to find some kind of order amid the chaos so that we can have some self-soothing relief. And that's even what the occultists do is they, they think that they can create order out of chaos, but our God is a complete repudiation of that because what he has established from the onset in the garden with the fall is that he is the order amid chaos. And that perfection of sovereignty of the Lord is why he says, I am the God of all comfort. I am the Lord of all comfort. I am peace itself. In me, you will have peace. And do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, make your request known to me. Then, see, there's an algorithmic process here. Then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. It surpasses all that your circumstances are informing you of. It surpasses all the traumas and the woundings. It surpasses all the consternations of the unknown. It surpasses it all will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's why I can say, count it a pure joy when you face diverse, manifold, multiple, all kinds of trials, because you know that it's working something in you. It's working in something to an eternal glory that far outweighs everything else. So as I think it's first or second Corinthians four says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen for what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. It says our light and momentary afflictions are achieving in us an eternal glory that far outweighs everything else. And it, He's constantly reiterating the same thing. You have a hope and no one whose hope is in me will ever be ashamed. Their faces are radiant. And he says it over and over and over again. My, I am love itself. My perfect love cast out fear. Where there is love, there can be no fear. Where you do fear, you haven't been perfected by love. Don't you understand? I am the perfect sovereign order amid the chaos. Even as an open rebuke to all the powers of darkness in Psalm 2, you know, they they break the, his bonds asunder. They say, we will not have him or his anointed man to rule over us. And they, they rage and they conspire and they gnash their teeth, which is what Scott and I have been talking about for the last hour. And yet the Lord's response 
in his perfect sovereignty and perfect order amid all the chaos that they try to exact is that he laughs and he scoffs. He goes, ha, that's God's response to all to thousands of years of the machinations of the powers of darkness through the workings of men and governments and, and democide and genocide and all these other things going on. His only response is that he laughs and he scoffs. It's as nothing to him. He's in perfect sovereign control over everything, including the murder of his son. It says he was foreknown by the definite foreknowledge of God before the foundations of earth for death. He was, it was the definite foreknowledge of God. Nothing is out of order. I tell people that all the time. There is no plan B going on in your life. None. There is no plan B. There is perfect sovereignty in all this thing. Scott, your reality, your traumas, brother, they're hard. They're deep. None of it is out of order. Not one single aspect of it is out of order. Not your son, not your daughter, not the reality, not the Lord tearing your heart to pieces and then restoring it in a right identity and him alone so that what the enemy intended for evil, God intended for good to the saving of many lives that you currently see now through Scott. None of it was out of order, although it seems like everything's out of order. He is the order amid the chaos, the total repudiation because of his love and his goodness and his wisdom and his sovereignty. And so the only way to really navigate this reality is to quiet and still our our hearts like a child weaned from its mother as david says in one psalm 131 my heart is not proud as you know O lord my eyes are not haughty i don't concern myself with great matters with things too wonderful for me to understand but like a child weaned from its mother is my soul within me it is stilled and quieted within me I trust your sovereignty, God. You are the only order amid the chaos. Therefore, I can rejoice. Therefore, I can have peace. Therefore, I don't have to look at this reality and think that it has the end all be all say so in my life. Even death itself doesn't have the final say in my life. It is hidden in Christ Jesus, bought and paid for. I'm good to go. I'm AJ squared away. I can have peace right smack in the middle of all of it today. As long as it is called today, which is only ever present tense, today is only ever present tense. As long as it, it as it is called today, I can have joy and peace in the Lord alone. That's it, Scott. That's the that's the summation of all of our Christian calling and election is the sufficiency of God proved in the sufficiency of his son. He proved it. He proved the lengths to which he's willing to go while he was our enemy. And he goes, so now what do you think I'm going to do that? I call you friend. No, I don't just call you friend. I call you son. I call you daughter. I call you heir and co-heir. I, he says, he says he's going to prepare a place for you at his table. You're going to recline at his table and he's going to serve you. It says he's going to crown you with glory and honor and play, praise at the revelation of the son of man. First Peter one, like, and I always go, who in the world is this God that we serve? <laughs> who is this God that we serve? Why would he serve me? Why would I recline at his table? Why would he crown me? I know what I am. And he goes, no, I know what you are. You believed on my son. And he says, so now I am more than able to make you stand in my presence, blameless and with great joy, exceedingly great joy, because my son I delight in him that much that when you believe on him, 
everything that is his, I also bestow on you. You are a co-heir. That's how valuable my son is to me, that you believe on him. And that's why we can't actually have joy and peace amid the chaos. These powers of darkness, all this stuff going on, they already lost. Disarmed, vanquished foe, triumphant over the cross. All dominion has been given to Christ Jesus. And he says, all power and authority has been given to us in Christ Jesus. They lose, we win. That's the simplicity. Even, even in the traumas, even in the heart-wrenching dramas, even in the experiences of the mourning and the loss and the sorrow, and the disappointments and the disillusionments that this life can throw at us, they are nothing compared to the eternal glory that has an exceeding weight that we can't even explain. We can't even comprehend it. So that's how. Well, if and if we could, you know, when we start comprehending it, you start realizing the power that we have at our disposal. And it's it's really fantastic. You know, in in your discussion there, you you quoted Genesis 50:20, which is real interesting to me because that when we decided to really jump in full time and become outspoken, you know, God used grace's death to wake me up. And it was, you know, in a lot of different ways. I mean, I'm literally waking up as as we talk. And we we had as our basis Genesis 50:20, which is what you quoted, what you meant for evil, God meant for good, the saving of many lives, which is happening today. And we see that saving of many lives when I first started speaking, of course, physically, so that people could be prepared for what's going on in the medical industrial complex. But as I've been learning and God keeps opening door after door after door, I mean, it, it, the spiritual awakening is infinitely more, more important. I'm gonna do just a quick close, Jamie, to wrap things up and then I'm gonna come back to you for the final word. And I read a book several years ago and the message in the book, which which I think applies to what Jamie just said. It's really an exclamation point to what Jamie just said, which is, if you don't have peace, repent. And those of you who have been watching for a while know that I am really focused on this business of repentance. And the reason is, is because when I look at what we've gone through over the last four years, especially, I see that those four years revealed what is our our propensity to rely on men to solve all of our problems instead of God. It just revealed it. I mean, it's been there for a long time. It took 6,000 years to get it to this point. Uh, so we're just reaping what we've sown. I think God is judging us clearly. And the only way out of this, assuming that God's going to extend mercy is, he, you know, he, his character is known. We have to acknowledge our rejection and repentance. Repentance of what? Not trusting God. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And Jesus is the order within the chaos. You know, as things are happening today, you know, you picture Jesus at the right hand of the Father. I mean, he's not up pacing around wondering, oh my gosh, what do I got to do next? I mean, he's got this. As Grace said, he's got this, Dad. He warned us of everything we've discussed today ahead of time. You, uh, I encourage everybody to read the Second Thessalonians chapter two reference that Jamie uh, said that was written to believers, and the deception is all over the place, and it's because the truth 
we reject and the truth is Jesus Christ, there's never been a more important time to know God. And once you know God, now what? And it's interesting, Jamie, on um, Saturday morning, God woke me up real early with from a dream. And the dream said that the message in the dream is he wants us to live. So how how do we how do, how do we get there? How do we get him to live? Uh, how does how does he get us to live? And you know the answer is we've got to ask him. I mean he's going to do it anyway, so you don't have to ask. It, it's but it's it's an appropriate thing to ask him to do whatever he needs to do to break us, because then we can finally live. All right. Well, that was kind of a long close, but anyway. That being said, Jamie, the final word is to you. Yeah. And just a reminder to listeners in line with what you're saying, Scott, is that um, let me tell you how not worried the Lord is about what's going on is uh, he's seated on his throne. He's sitting. There's nothing again. There's nothing that's out of whack. There's nothing that's out of order. It was it was out of order. The Genesis one one, the world was tohu and bohu, is what it says in the Hebrew. And he stood over the Leviathan, over the chaos dragon, is what it's saying. The chaos of all the arcane chaos, the dark ether of chaos. And then he began speaking order amid the chaos, and he's never stopped. He's never stopped. And that's why it's so important for listeners to be reminded that even in your own life on an intimate level and whatever the nuances and a lot of people have a lot of major struggles going on, traumas and dramas of life going on. He is seated on the throne. He's seated. He's very well aware. He hears you and he sees you. All the nuances of the reality of what's going on geopolitically and strategically and militaristically and emerging technologies and and uh, everything else in between. He is seated on his throne. He is completely sovereign and in control of it all. And that's why why he says that great will be your children's peace. We are his children. Great will be our peace in him because we know and understand that and we believe that and we can rest in that and have and know that our hope and faith are not in vain. There, It's not a vain thing. It's not ineffectual. So just to challenge the listeners that no matter what, you have going on in your reality, give space and allow the Lord to do whatever he needs to in your heart to solidify that. Sometimes it's crushing and reduction. Sometimes it's, uh, uh, you know, anxieties and woes and fears that it's merciful for him to keep exposing in you so you can do business with them and you can throw them off and you can be solidified in him and secure in him and renewed in him. So all those things melt away. It's all doing something like do not shrink back from the tension. The tension ought to be producing fruit in your life, fruit unto peace. And it says the fruit of righteousness is peace. This is Isaiah 32. And the effect of righteousness is quietness and confidence forevermore. I'd be like, yeah. We ought to say, have your way in me, Lord. Like, I want that peace and quietness and confidence forevermore. Yes, I want that. Then let him have his way. And uh, that's that's all that I would say to the listeners, Scott. And on that is he is who he says he is. He's going to do what he said he's going to do. And his son was who he said he was. And you are to him what he has said you are to him, period. Jamie, it is just an absolute gift to have you on. I I know you're you're busy and I appreciate it immensely that you took the time today. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for having me on, Scott. It's always a pleasure. All right.
Stand by for further details. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program.